spanning the globe to bring you the greatest in fetish content and fetish personalities from around the world. This is the Oh Those Toes podcast. Hi, I am your co-host, Annie. <laughs> and I didn't even say my name yet, so... You didn't, so <laughs> that is my co-host, Top Toes in Hose. <laughs> no, I'm not and... personally in Hose. <laughs> Well, you know, we've talked about it many times. So, I mean, if you would be, there's no problem with that. But we all know that you like to see women in them, not necessarily be in them. So, well, then, uh, welcome as always to all our listeners and our viewers on YouTube. As we said, this is the Odo's Toes podcast, and I'm Top Toes, and she's Any. And joining <laughs> us via a very large cable we strung halfway across the globe, we have tonight today this morning for him the funny dom hi everyone thanks for having me yeah this is, um, this is me on the other side of the world in the morning just having my um had had my coffee my morning coffee and yeah it's great to be here yeah um, and we're in our pajamas getting ready for bed <laughs> we're podcasting dangerously we're talking to a man who just hasn't even finished his coffee <laughs> i'm in the future officially so you're also talking to the future Mm. right what's what's the weather like tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> it's a little overcast right now actually i'm hoping it gets a little warmer yeah but did you say uh top toes where he's from or you didn't i i missed that i think the accent kind of speaks for itself he's <laughs> obviously italian <laughs> <laughs> bueno well, welcome um, to the show. Tell us a little bit about you. Uh, yeah, so um, yeah, my, my name online doing the things I do is The Funny Dom. I started a Instagram page um, probably two years ago now just doing memes and it built up into a little community and I now have a um, Patreon page as well as that and I've guested on a few a few podcasts like this and yeah, I just like talking about um, kink and fetishes and making them fun and accessible for people and doing kind of advice and kind of peer support stuff as well through the Patreon. And that's what I've been doing this past year. It's been really very satisfying, especially to my kind of service kind of daddy side. And um, yeah, it's just really good to guest on other people's shows and talk to different, different personalities. The, um, the funny dumb Instagram page was that your COVID project, or have you always been kind of online doing funny dumb shit? No, COVID definitely, I think, kicked it off. Just needing another outlet right. um, in the middle of lockdowns, and I saw what um, what Lena was doing at Ask a Sub, and I just thought oh, I'd love to do that, but from a more Dom perspective. And so ask just, a Dom, right, kind of? Yeah. yeah, just to have fun with it. I didn't think it would um, do anything. I just thought it would be a good outlet. And, um, yeah, but after a few months, it was kind of getting hundreds of followers and then thousands, and it kept going and then started doing the kind of Q&A stuff, and it turned into a, a real kind of conversation. So, yeah, it's been really great, and the people there are amazing. It's always good conversations and... And just fun as well. We do little games. I do wordles in my stories where I'll pick out what uh, like three things I'm going to use in a scene tomorrow night, and everyone tries to like guess what they are. And this is on your Patreon. 
This is on the Instagram page. This is just what I do on Instagram for fun. You do that on Instagram? Because I follow you pretty, I mean, like pretty religiously, but I don't remember seeing that. But also, I I just found you not too long ago, so. Yeah, Um, I've done probably um, three or four of those in the past month or so. Like every couple of weeks, usually one. Um, But they're only in the, that's the thing, they're only in the um, stories for a day. So you only get to play for that day. Um, so I run oh, Russian right. team and I get hundreds of, of guesses of people trying to win. And um, and then I draw out how long it takes for me to post the actual winner and what the words were because the because I'm a sadist. So the amount of um, frustration and impatience people are <laughs> just gives me a boost throughout the day. So that's a, a real fun game we do. Yeah, I'm just the only person on planet Earth who's not playing Wordle, so I see a story with five or six colored blocks, and I just skip on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never played it either. I had to, I was told about it by an actual um, by a sub partner who was big into it, and that that's what kind of made me think about um, doing one like that. So, but I love the level of engagement. I I love your page actually. While we were setting up to to record i happened to see your post that day and i'm like hey that actually happened to me it was the one about uh you know the tsa going well you don't have tsa but security going through your luggage and finding your kink stuff <laughs> exactly uh, oh right right <laughs> so yeah so much of what you post is so relatable absolutely ah uh, thank you i mean that that's the point is to get regularly get messages from people and say oh this is exactly how I feel about that. Or I see people tag their partners in the comments, like, and actually say like, Ooh, this was you last night, you know? Oh God, I do that. I do that. Um, to my husband quite a bit. It may have been a few of your posts too, actually. Yeah. It's, um, it's the best compliment because you just see your stuff is being used almost as shorthand as communication between two other people. That's like really, really cool. Yeah, that is. Um, what? Tell us your since you guys both brought it up. Tell us your your stories through uh, security <laughs> while mine, traveling with your kink shit. <laughs> mine literally just happened. I made that um, made that meme while I was in transit. After that had just happened, um, I think I might have even been on a plane <laughs> when I posted that one. Um, but um, yeah, I've, I've done a little bit of back and forth and trying to figure out what I can pack in the carry-on as opposed to in the checked luggage. And um, so far, so good. I've only been stopped once and had um, bondage tape taken out of my bag. And I was told that had to be, had to be taken, had to be taken and thrown in the bin, which was um, hurtful. (laughs) Oh no, that stuff is expensive. Can be. Yeah. I just, I hadn't gotten to use it yet. And it was a really nice pink color. Um, so I just, you know, the guy, but the guy was nice. He was just like, you know, this has to go. And I'm like, oh, does it? And he said, yeah. And I go, okay. <laughs> it's kind of sad. Did they give you, did they give you like the people around you, did they give you like a look? Like what the fuck? Like what is? Uh, it just looked like tape. It just looked like a big roll of, of, um, of regular tape, except for the color. People couldn't really tell what it was. Okay. Um, but um, since then I've been a little bit worried about things. Like I, I am shocked that, I can take rope without a problem when tape is such a problem. Um, and, and yeah, I forgot this time that I brought that big flogger. I posted a photo of it on Instagram, actually a kind of large, medium to large flogger with a glass handle. 
Um, oh. Definitely a bit of a, a bit of a weapon, at least weapon adjacent. Um, so I was kind of shocked when I unpacked. I'm like, oh, I've got this through on a, in a carry-on. Wow. I feel like they're more flexible on the carry-ons, even though they're not supposed to be. Well, that's actually that's what they scream. You can you can check anything unless it's it's ticking or explosive because you don't have access to it. It's the carry-ons that they actually do the screening of. And I was being cheap and decided to, you know, just not pay for a checked bag. I just had a small bag with me and fits nicely in the overhead. And I got stopped because I had a traditional style razor that has razor blades. Now I had gotten to the country, spent my whole vacation, came back and got stopped on the way out. And so they're they're taken and they're like throwing away my razor blades, taking apart the razor, throwing away the blade that's in that. There was a disposable in there as well, which they decided to snap the head off. Like it's a disposable razor, throw the whole thing away. And then they start going into, and now I've got a bag with two hanks of rope and a Wartenberg wheel. And, and like you said, they didn't blink twice at the rope and they're sitting there spinning the tines at the Wartenberg wheel. And I seriously actually said to the TSA agent, I said, Am I going to tickle the pilot to death? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I've learned a lesson from my friends. Like I've had girlfriends tell me, like, remove the batteries from your vibrator because mm-hmm. um, if it starts vibrating while it's even in the checks baggage, um, they'll like kind of pull you out and be like pull everything out of your bag like what the fuck is that yes and they're very not good at repacking bags right so then there they are pulling out your big huge vibrator (laughs) in front of everybody trust me annie it's not the largest one they've seen (laughs) the thing they've seen they've seen everything so i think i was that's what that meme was about i was ready to answer any questions and i was almost looking forward to it at that point I was just feeling kind of like, yep, here we go. I wonder what it's going to be. Let's talk about what um, what these clamps are for or, um, you know, whatever he kind of pulled out of the bag, what these candles were specifically for. Um, and, yeah, I thought it was just fun to kind of be looking forward to the conversation. And then when on this time he just kind of, kind of looked at the x-ray a few more times and then just said, that's all right, um, I was almost disappointed. So I thought I'd, I'd make that meme about, you know, being anxious, but then also being proud right. and a laugh about it. And that's kind of like the classic thing I like to do. Like Now, maybe. are you, do you, I mean, I know you're very open on social media and stuff, but are you, do you wear your kink on your sleeve, so to speak? Is that uh, something that the people around you know? Yeah, many do. Um, yeah, I, I kind of like have some, kind of boundaries at least for now but um but now it's pretty open most people that um, i could naturally talk to about it i have and do um and but i think i still keep one kind of level there and that's why i'm able to do all the like contact and the presence as the the funny dom because it just gives me that little bit of um you know healthy difference um i like having like that one degree of anonymity and um, using, I think using your voice so much as well is can be very personal and very, there's a lot of caregiving once you get into this kind of thing. So for me, it's also a lot about keeping that balance 
you know, in a healthy place. Mm. I, um, so Top Toes, Top is pretty private, I guess, about his identity because of his nine to five day job, I think. For the um, most part, yeah. You know, my uh, my passport doesn't say uh, Top Toes, nor does it say the funny guy. <laughs> That'd be cool, though, wouldn't it? I'd like that. Um, right? So it's like John Smith, a.k.a. the funny John. <laughs> yeah, I'd be happy with that. <laughs> um, but I'm pretty, I'm, and then he's pretty open in his, like, personal life with everyone around him. I think that he just surrounds himself with people that he can be sort of this kingster with. Um, and me, on the other hand, like, I've got my face out there, and I'm pretty open about everything online um, and in my personal life, like my family knows that I have something to do with the fetish world. Like I'm a fetish model, but they don't know the extent of it all. Um, especially when it comes to like the Dom sub dynamics that my, my, my husband and I are experimenting with lately. Um, so I was having a conversation with my husband actually just today or a little earlier today and um, <clears throat> we had a, you know, a scene last night, and it was a little bit different. Um, everything is kind of new to us. So, um, and so this morning we we're talking about it, and and he said, uh, I think I, I came to the conclusion that I love the foot dom, the foot dominating stuff the most. Mm. I like the CBT, and I like the the foot domination the most. I'll make so out of all of the things that I did last night, <laughs> all the things that we did to each other, his absolute most favorite, like a true foot fetishist, being the true foot fetishist that he is, was the foot domination of it. So he likes it when I get aggressive with my foot play, when I shove my feet in his face and his mouth and I smack him around with it, regardless of how hard it is. I mean, he might complain later, but he's never safe worded out of anything. Mm. So I thought that was like a perfect thing to ask you while we have you here is in your experience, I mean, it's got to be the complete opposite, right? Because I'm a woman and most men have foot fetishes and most men lust after my feet, you know, fetishes anyway. Um, but is foot play anything that you use in your scenes? Yeah, I think there is a big crossover into the general um kind of kink play area of um foot play in terms of power it's a it's a it's a big clear kind of power move um using your feet and uh, riggers i know that use their feet well to like whether they're kind of wrapping around um their their bottoms or what's really works is when they're they're tied um, the model and they use their feet to kind of maneuver the body just to kind of push and knead um, into the body to kind of move it in a different shape or to just kind of push it to one side and it's a real kind of like very supportive because the feet and the legs are like strong so you're getting a lot of force but it's also like this big power move of they're not even using their hands to kind of you know move their partner around um, and in general just DS I mean having your like shoes or your boots removed like unlaced and taken oh, off right. yeah such a thing it's such a convention and being footstooled so having your 
sub kind of you know dehumanized into into furniture into functional use so you can like put your feet up on them is like a big that's a big one um and same again with having someone at your feet just in the kind of classic position on their knees whether it's in a kind of nadu position you know their palms on their on their thighs it's very much about being at the feet of the dominant you know at the legs is a very comfortable kind of like safe space for, for many subs and i think the the body makes a you know has a huge role in that and the being at the kind of feet of the of your dominant is like a very special place for that reason so i think there is a big overlap it's just not looked at with that much focus it's kind of taken for granted a little bit and then i think there's probably people within within this in the general sense that are actually very specifically fetishizing the feet and maybe not are not aware of it kind of haven't leaned into it um so I hope if anyone, any of them are listening, thinking, oh, okay, this resonates a little bit. Yeah, if you find things that you might be able to go further with, always, like, consider it. That's exploring. And I think that's probably the case. Because there's a lot of, um, <clears throat> like, we, we're always dealing with the stigma that foot fetishists, male foot fetishists are submissive. Right. And I've always said that my my husband was not like he's he was never really submissive, at least not in the bedroom. And um, my my partner here, uh, Top Toes, is, is certainly not a submissive in that way. I mean, we get a lot of as a foot fetish model, we get a lot of sort of offers. Right. A lot of people are like, I want to be your slave. I want to be your stool. I want to be, you know, they offer to pay for sessions specifically just to to bow down at our feet and, you know, serve as, as, as human furniture and all this. Um, and so we're, my husband would always be one of the ones that was always like, why do male foot fetishists have to be put in that, in that category? Like we are not all submissive except, you know, fast forward a few years and my husband, we I mean, clearly enjoys a submissive role, not all the time, but a lot of the time. And so I wonder, like, what your opinion is on, uh, like, if you had to generalize, if you had to put everybody in a box, like, would you say that foot fetishes in general are submissive? Because that's always been kind of fight that we have on the on, on the podcast. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think so. I think it's um, it's just that there would be an overlap again. So it looks like that if you're unaware of the two the two different spheres. I think it's it's a fetish, so it has no dynamic connection on its own but there'd be a lot of people that do have that dynamic that also enjoy that again it's because of the worship and the power factor more than actually the 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 specific um fetish itself and then there'd be people that are both so when you look at the whole thing it just looks like oh well they just all basically are so i think that's just it's just a kind of simple you know not quite aware way of seeing it um and I think that's probably why people within it that don't have the dynamic side, um, I kind of feel that pressure to kind of define themselves and defend their kind of area, which is <laughs> very fair because they're being just thrown in and, you know, which is, you know, there's some um, use for that because it's like solidarity, but you, but you also want to be like, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm me. I'm this like slightly different, you know, so... Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's its own thing, 
and it's just shared by a few different groups. Yeah. And I, I think um, there just isn't a lot of depiction of, um, you know, a male foot fetishist dom. There isn't, there isn't translation. You almost inherently go to the other where the, the dom is expecting the submissive to fetishize their feet or be at their feet, even if it's just part of the dynamic and not part of the, the, the fetishization. Um, there are less specific things that you can say, oh, that's a act of a dominant male foot fetish. What is? Tickling is probably the, the most obvious one. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, I don't have to be in, in a submissive place to want to suck my partner's toes, but it looks like it depicts as a submissive. Yeah. Conventional. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, because what ends up happening inevitably in, in our world is, and I, I mean, I've seen it happen over and over and over again. Um, a woman starts off you know, kind of as a fetishist or, or appeasing to the foot fetish community. And then they get so many offers and so many comments and things from submissive type males um, putting them on a pedestal that then they then act like, you know, this is, this, this is why we have so many uh, oh, goddess. This so is the so, two weeks and... later they've declared themselves a pro dom and yes, yes, changed exactly. their identity. <laughs> that's exactly where i was going with this like you know yeah so within a few weeks they they've they've seen that that they have some type of power and control over some of these people and then all of a sudden they're they've had this this crazy bitchy attitude which is not necessarily it doesn't go hand in hand with being a dom um necessarily and so um they just end up coming across as this like really sort of ugly arrogant mean people um you know, and so I, I see it happen all the time. Like they come in like really nice and sweet and kind and kind of accommodating to everybody. And then a few months of being told that they're a goddess over and over and over again. Um, then all of a sudden they're just mistreating everybody. And anyone that has a foot fetish is, is a piece of shit, you know, foot boy or whatever. And yeah. it's, it's, it's really hard to like, figure out like who's really in the lifestyle or who's just is this just a fantasy for somebody or you know because men pay a lot of money for sessions you know that are specific to this one thing like humiliation or yeah I guess the more dominant ones want um you know to, to tickle tickle the feet badly and to the point where it's torture um but yeah the majority of men want to pay the, at least the ones that I deal with in my little world, they want to pay for submissive things. So um, it, it, it can be confusing for those of us that are just kind of starting off. I guess as, as a, you know, long-term living in the lifestyle, it'd be easier for you to, to identify that. But for me, it's, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's harder, I guess. I think I have an actual question for the funny dom that's going to dovetail nicely into this but i think we need to take a break and then we'll come back there and we'll let him uh answer that we'll be back with you in 60 seconds or less 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. And just before the break, Annie was talking about you know something we've discussed before, the idea of, you know, people get into the kink scene, see that the foot fetish side of things is lends itself to dominance and instantly they consider themselves a pro-dom. But I know, I, I assume I'm making the assumption here that our friend, the, the, the funny dom has um, worked his way towards everything I see about you says you're educated in your craft. You didn't just one day declare yourself a dom and, and that's where it stands. It seems like you've learned, you've gone through the ropes, the paces, whatever it is, so tell us about like your your local scene and how you worked through it and where you got to where you are. But I mean, sure. you don't know what if he did one day like open his eyes and was like, "Hmm, I think <laughs> I'm like this. I'm gonna do this today." <laughs> well, then he can prove me completely wrong. I I um I think it's um yeah it's a hard situation we're describing with the with the um the foot fetish um kind of dynamics i think that that supply and demand there that that kind of like um need and opportunity does kind of ask for you know people to fill it and basically just fill the role for a transactive kind of you know relationship and it's hard to kind of carve out what's wrong there there's certainly something that's not right when you've got people coming in and just yeah, using titles and labels and and identity kind of, um, you know, the identity kind of work or representation that Kink has for just financial gain, that's definitely a, a, a big problem because it's not authentic and right. well, um, yeah. it's right. not safe as well because you've got people on the other side um, that uh, are dealing with someone who doesn't know exactly what they're doing, hasn't got enough experience to kind of, you know, try and do the least amount of damage while, you know, while while earning money. You know, they're trying to make an income, but um, there's got to be some kind of integrity to it. So I think it can be, it's really about communication. The people that do that, yeah, if they're calling themselves that, then that's wrong. If they're, if they're offering it as a kind of role play, that's totally fine. There's such a huge difference there between saying, I am this, um, and here's something that we can do, that we can play with, which is the exact same thing that happens in relationships where people just go, oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to dominate you. I'm just going to do that. And they don't talk about what that means or if that's actually part of their identity um, that they're exploring or if it's just a bit of play. You know, anyone can do a kind of spanking session. They don't have to be identifying as a, as a dom or a sub. It can just be a, a fetish or a thing that you want to try um, but even but even with spanking i feel like there's a little bit of responsibility i mean if you're using your hand even the, the that's one thing but if you're using tools and and you're actually beating someone's ass um i mean you could hit it the 
at the wrong place and it can be really painful and very damaging to the skin and you know what I mean and and oh, it's, so I it's more than a little bit of responsibility I think an ethical dom has or an ethical top has almost all the responsibility spoken like a true top <laughs> <laughs> the responsibility has to be it has to be even but I certainly agree that like on principle because the dom is the dom the top is the top they 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 are responsible for kind of facilitating that a little bit more but on a base level of two people that aren't necessarily dom sub or top bottom it's two people both taking responsibility for doing a new thing so um, i i just think there's realistically there's a lot of um people that are trying these things out and they're doing it without attending a workshop or or reading a good book about it they're just doing what they've seen on things and they're maybe talking about it a little bit i hope but a lot of stuff's happening without communication. That's like the chief problem. And it's such a big difference. So even if you're new, whether you're doing it for financial or not, if you say what you really are, if you say that you are exploring this or you're new to this or you're not this, but you can do X, Y, Z, that makes the big difference. So, um, you know, I've always been um, open on my page and everything about like my like situation and like where I've come from and like how the page started and like where my kind of um, Dom side came up and got embraced and like they've kind of talked about it uh, a few times. Um, really for me, the, the big learning was just experience. It's just um, um, years of like dynamic experience and different partners and learning from them and, you know, like, the odd um, workshop and some of my favorite books and podcasts as well. I always tell new people, like, you can listen to tens of hours of kinky conversation that will teach you so much about attitudes and definitions. And um, I would put them ahead of even some books, you know. But, um, but yeah, you've got to have a few years of study. You've got to have a few years of, of real dynamic experience with partners, different situations, some experience with events, some experience. It's just, I think, a, a little low level of all those things of actually engaging with the scene, um, you know, and having like long running uh, dynamics so you can just explore a lot of things. I think if you haven't got a little bit of all of that at least, then then you're like a new explorer. Absolutely. <clears throat> Unfortunately, a little bit of that advice, hopefully changing soon, but... The getting out to your local scene, seeing things, maybe asking an experienced person to observe, to, to learn from them. The the uh, the actual hands-on scene is a little more difficult to play in right now. It's it's getting a little better. Um, yeah, I think I think COVID's going to have had a, a kind of impact on kink scenes around the world. Just the uh, amount unintended. Of- <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I always do daddy jokes i can't help it um, but yeah it's cutting people it's cut people off and it's made scenes go quiet and i think a lot of the a lot of the um standards someone was telling me a um another person in the scene was telling me the other day that um i offered we were we were going to possibly connect and and i offered to put her in touch with another partner of mine as a um, you know, as a common vetting practice that should be common. Mm-hmm. Um, Re- she, uh, references. 
Yeah. Exactly. She she was a bit, I think, a, a tiny bit surprised and thanked me because she also wanted to bring that up, but um, just hadn't yet. And she said that um, it feels like a lot of people in the last few years, newer people into the scene, into the lifestyle, aren't doing that as much. And it was much more common a few years ago. And I wonder if that's because of COVID, because the culture hasn't kept up these good, safe, you know, principles and expectations. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the the most important thing I think of of any type of DS relationship is trust, right? But how do you how do you establish that from the beginning? You're absolutely right. The best way would be to to have a conversation with a with a partner that you've already had. Now, did you just just one day you you woke up and and realize like this is my life like this is my lifestyle this is how I want to live it or maybe we were like super vanilla for a number of years and then one day had an experience that changed your mind or how did that work for you I think my relationships have always been dynamic I think that's pretty common too when you when you kind of look back and you can see what you were what you were doing they just didn't Uh, have the official title right (laughs) exactly they just weren't aware that's what yeah aware and conscious is such a huge thing you know um so yeah i think they all had and i think they were would have been better if they'd been more aware i think that's always the case but um i just wasn't ready i don't think to really embrace it so it took um more than three decades um of my life before i kind of embraced it and even then fully embracing that the the daddy identity took a little time um, and I think part of that was that I knew I had a kind of sadistic side and a, and a caregiver side. I didn't know how strong they were and I didn't know how um, interwoven they sh- could and should be and how they could work together. And I think that alone took, you know, um, at least a year of um, being aware of and having you know, relationships and, and experiences in order to, to kind of put them both next to each other and to be validated as well, to, to be able to explore those and see that it can have such a positive effect on another person who, who needed those things. Um, that really was a big one for me. So there's was, was like different levels of the self-realization, but I think it's, it's always been there and it just took the ending, the common story of the ending of another long-term relationship that, you know, wasn't quite functioning well. And you kind of take stock and then you start exploring. And um, I think from like that kind of move, it went very quickly. I think I definitely had some like Dom frenzy in like the first year. Dom frenzy? <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. The people talk about sub frenzy. They don't talk enough about Dom frenzy. That's where the real trouble is. So um, I've heard a lot of people say that in order for you to be a good dom you have to be a good sub first i don't agree with that i think i think that's um that comes from or has been taken by the kind of professional setting a lot you know if you if you work at like a dungeon or somewhere you would be expected to sometimes take that um position in some way as a learning experience um which is fine because that's a workplace but you can't be a different identity in order to be a different identity You, you are often one or the other um you can do other kinds of experience to learn from but you can't be a sub to be a dom 
um, you know, you can't be five foot five in order to be five foot four. <laughs> yeah, I've I've heard the I've heard the expression done a little differently. Don't don't expect to top a certain skill set unless you're willing to bottom it. But that's not mm. saying dominant submission. You're not you're not suddenly a sub because you're taking a paddling. You're just a dom who's choosing to take a paddling to know what a paddling feels like. Exactly. Right. Okay. It's more getting like service topped in order to learn something. Um, And I think that's fine. But yeah, people do have, I have heard that before. And I think it's a little bit, um, I mean, it's impossible, but it's also a bit unfair. I think, um, no, I think there's definitely an ethical level of experience. Like, but I think it can come down to as little as, like, if I'm doing wax play, I always, drip the first few few drops onto the underside of my arm before it goes onto the partner. Always we'll test the candle, even if it's a candle I've used 10 times. Um, and, you know, yeah, if you buy a new paddle or something, you always just kind of like, I don't know, it's like kicking the tires on a car. Like you try them out on your arm or your leg, you're like, oh, what's that feel like? Like having some level of shared experience, I think, is a must, but I don't think you have to take the other position in order to do the first. I think being willing to, as you say in that quote, um, Top, that that quote there was very important because it said the willingness. It's like, yeah, if you can't if you can't take on the responsibility of what that really means to be a top or a dom, then you shouldn't you shouldn't be trying. I think that's really what that meant. Mm-hmm. So what what kind of advice do you have for our listeners who are just now realizing that that they might be submissives so they've been obsessed for years and years with feet and they've been obsessed with sort of the humiliation port of portion of it and they love to be belittled and stomped on and all this kinds of stuff and they just now as they're listening to our conversation they go wait a minute i think i just might be a sub and i think i might be interested in a in a ds relationship so what kind of advice would you give to those guys and um, girls? <laughs> yeah, and, and they might be realizing one or the other side as well. I'm sure there'd be some, and I'm sure it would be confusing because of all the the generalizations that happen, but I'm sure there's some people that have the foot fetishes but are very dom-leaning. And right, or that, or they're saying, wait a minute, I love to tickle the shit out of some feet. And, and... what is the uh, top, what is the... Um... The thing with the where you where you beat the bottom of the feet again, I can't remember. Uh, Bastonado or falaka. Fala, falaka, yeah, okay, that, yeah, yeah. So then they're realizing, oh shit, I really like doing that because I'm really kind of a dom. So, what kind of advice do you have for those people that are just now realizing? Wow, um... <laughs> <laughs> not to generalize or anything, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. Um... I think, well, I think if they're, they're already where they, where they are, they're kind of already exploring. So I think if there's, if it's only just realizing, I feel like that maybe there's been some caution or you're kind of holding back what you think might be the case and which I'm sure is very common. Uh, and I think we all did that, um, you know, in the beginning to some degree. Uh, I mm, think it's really like just about... Um, Maybe just maybe just doing some reading because I think if it's very kind of personal, it's just you know you're just reading something. You don't have to kind of 
talking about it with someone it might be the next step but if you can just kind of like find some reading more on just ds dynamics and maybe even think something with a story that's not just kind of textbook i mean the the topping and bottoming you know books and the, the loving dominant are all very kind of practical um sometimes it might be better to get something with a connection to it with a narrative um i really like um i always plug madison young's book um daddy a memoir um uh, it's just a really good story and it has a lot of dynamics in it but you know within an autobiography so it's a, just a really good read and okay. and i feel like reading that kind of stuff where it's um it's it's you know it's got a reality to it it's not just bad fiction but uh it has dynamic play in it because she you know retells some experiences and if people can maybe find what they connect with in things like that just kind of explore in a very safe way of just reading and just seeing what 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 moves you what kind of like has an effect and and get curious about why and just look at it as a thing to to kind of figure out like a puzzle what what are the things that you're that you're into what is it about that it might be a specific set of fetishes around that it might not be the general dynamic but it might be it might be that there's an actual ds kind of archetype that you kind of really match with um which means you've got so much more fun to have <laughs> so right. yeah i think kind of like doing that kind of thing is good for people because it doesn't sound intimidating you know they don't have to go to a party or you know something scary um just doing some like reading and and trying to stay curious about what you know what you really like just research right yeah yeah um do you have any anything that let's say you go back to um as daddy dom let's say you can go back to baby dom and and you correct some things um what would you what would you tell what are some of the things that you would tell yourself like what would you go back and say don't fucking do this do this instead i don't um i honestly don't think i did i don't think i have anything where i where i would be that um intense about it i think it would more just be uh validating the kinds of things i was heading towards and just like it's just more supportive like you're doing this is the very like natural thing it's very normal to just kind of like get to a bit of that kind of like frenzy feeling um it just be like make sure you're being safe make sure um you're looking after their safety as much as you can probably would would suggest a bit more vetting <laughs> i just didn't know um as much now of how to so um just kind of that just kind of keep going and keep learning that's really what it was but um thankfully there wasn't anything where i was like okay here's the thing that you're doing that is very very <laughs> um no yeah straight off i was if anything i was quite cautious i think um in terms of like intensity and that kind of thing which i think is well, I, i'm very happy for now and um, the few doms i've spoken to through my patreon that i do like coaching and support with there's a similar mindset there. I think is that doms that will look for learning or be cautious are the ones you've got that the least worry. It's the other ones that like don't really try to learn and will just do or attempt anything 
that are so dangerous mm. and it's so hard to get through to them because they really don't think they should have to learn anything. Um, wow, that, but that's, I mean, that kind of behavior and, and person exists everywhere, right? It's like yeah. the... You know that that one really bad boss that you have that thinks he should never ever have to do any of the work. He just needs to direct and yell and whatever. Um, and that 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 really is kind of everywhere that you have to be careful with the kinds of people that are uh, not willing to do things themselves, but expect other people to. I think that, I think that type of arrogance is just scary just anywhere, you know? Yeah, I think, I think we've all run into the person where you just look at them and you go, you're not a dom, you're just got a giant ego. That's not the same thing. <laughs> yeah, usually this like oversized confidence that's, that's really scary, so. <laughs> Um, yeah. I like the, the humble doms a little bit. I mean, look, we should all be bragging on ourselves. I feel like in general, we need to all be more positive about ourselves. Sure. Um, but but I think that, um, yeah, I, 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 we should all be more careful, I guess. And yeah, and never, never, well, it doesn't matter whether it be in kink or everywhere. Never stop learning. I mean, that's part of the reason why we do this podcast, to get a lot of great people in here to give great perspectives. And I'm not saying that I heard it on a podcast, so I'm going to go do it is learning. But what we're doing is creating exposure to ideas that other people that you can pick up and run with and learn on your own. Well, I mean, where I'm learning as I go along, I mean, I've learned so much over the last couple of years, you know? So um, I, I, I wish the people that listen to the podcast, um, walk away with, you know, being slightly entertained and also like a new bit of information that helps them. So, so yeah, so I guess we try to, you know, get to know them and we all kind of always ask for their advice if they're sort of quote unquote experts in certain things. And so, um, I mean, I, I loved your page. I thought, first of all, it was really funny. And then second of all, it was, um, I don't know, they're like very kind of nurturing. So I... <laughs> I mean, it's 50-50. <laughs> Slightly abusive too, is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the kind of um, like the, the, the grading praise is my like favorite combo. So mm. that kind of like the humiliation stuff is like definitely... I, I'm uh, literally picturing one of your memes right now and it's just, it's that, that good handful of jaw. Uh, expression. Mm. I can't remember the exact wording on it, but yeah, you're saying, you're saying I can see it in my head. I think I that was. About, that, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I think it was the one about emotional support. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 And that, I like. I like that. That contrast. People get surprised. The image is like from a you know adult um, content, and um, uh, a woman grabbing another woman's face is clearly clearly a lot has been happening. <laughs> between them <laughs> to say it lightly and that kind of intensity and just saying like like this is how a dom should like saying that i would and just kind of setting an example like this is how a dom can like give you emotional support like this is the intensity of the caregiving and it also looks also you know incredibly you know sexual as well and that kind of like just validating and have people that are relating to it you know don't saying like yep that's what i want to do or 
people saying this was like last night with my partner and other people going, oh, my God, I want this so much. Like, you know, having all those comments, <laughs> people just resonating and just being like, oh, my God, that's the kind of feeling I thought I was because I get messages like every week, you know, people saying I thought I was strange or odd or that I wanted that kind of thing and seeing all these just, you know, just memes, being able to have a laugh and but but see these kinds of dynamics um, daily and see people like it, you know, you see like a thousand people like that meme, you think, oh, my God, I'm so I'm not alone at all, um, is the best thing. That's been the best part of, of, of doing the page and connecting with people. Um, it sounds like it's rewarding, yeah. Yeah, well, it rewards the service and the caregiver side because I feel like I am serving people and am kind of helping being in in support of so it is actually satisfying to me on like a dynamic level um so that's yeah great so right now do you have um um a partner like a, a, a what's your i guess i'm asking is like what's your relationship do you have multiple play partners are you in a committed relationship like what's um, I'm poly. That side? <laughs> yeah, I'm. 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 Uh, my relationship style is poly, and I have um, two current partners. Um, one in is in Melbourne, uh, where I live, and another is interstate, um, where I visit. Um, and uh, and she occasionally can come and, and visit me, so it's a little bit less regular because of distance, but it's a relatively short distance. Um, and, um, yeah, I am talking to and actually in contact with just very recently a possible long distance partner in, um, in the States, um, we've been connecting and, and kind of really discussing that, that relationship and even looking at like doing an agreement for it to make it more extra communicated, you know, because it is a distance thing. Mm -hmm. um, so you're so you'll be coming to the States sometime soon, possibly. <laughs> well, we will, yeah, she would like that and I would like that too. Um, but that's the thing. It, it is such a huge distance. So you've got to kind of practically go in because, you know, long distance can be so difficult, really kind of setting it up from the beginning to be a long distance relationship, you know. Right. And yeah. a separate challenge. And a lot of people have that because dynamics are so hard to find. They connect with someone in a different state or country even. And then you've got this really difficult uphill kind of fight to keep that connection, um, you know, going well and to do all those tangible things in some way that you can't do because you're so far apart. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of a thing I'm kind of looking at right now. Um, but, um, but yeah, generally you're gonna I have... Be, you're going to be having to come up with some really interesting uh tasks and assignments and things then right yeah and that's a usual part of my uh, relationships anyway um if they do my my style naturally does go 24 7 ish so i will kind of impose bedtimes and and some kind of like routines very naturally um unless that's kind of boundaried you know which is fine um but uh, it being long distance, you kind of you need to lean into those kind of things. So mm -hmm. yeah, we've already talked about kind of bedtime and water. She doesn't drink enough water, so I'm like, okay, that's a very that's a huge standard. Um, and we've done a little bit of um, punishment already. I had her kneel on some rice, which is a favorite. Mm. Um, God, that's my mother made me do that as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is right your mom status as well? No, I, no, I was just that bad. I was just that bad of a brat. <laughs> well, it's a good one to deal with brats. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I've, I've always been, uh, I, I think I would make an absolutely terrible sub. I, I, I think and I are like, also every Hispanic mom is a dominatrix with the chocolate and the kneeling on rice. They like wrote the book. You, okay, guys, my mom made me, and don't get me wrong. I wasn't like beaten savagely on a regular basis, but my mom made me go out to the backyard correction to like the parking lot across the street because we lived in an apartment building in LA and she made me pick out my own switch and then and then drag that back with me across the four-way fucking lanes the highway um into the house and tell her this is the one that I chose and then she'd whip me with it this is the worst torture ever (laughs) (laughs) humiliation play Right, yeah. I think I was like 14 the last time she made me kneel on rice. It only happened a, ha- a few times, but I was, I mean, I ha- I remember uh, looking down and like not wanting to meet my neighbor's looks. And as I was looking down, I thought, oh, yeah, my cleavage looks really good. So I was older for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, for yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine at, at, at my age, at my weight, kneeling on fucking rice. No, oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, the water would be a good one for me. I don't drink enough water either, so I can definitely relate to that. Um, so what do you, do you have a, like a typical, like a go-to punishment for your brats? What's your favorite? Yeah, it, yeah, that's the thing. It really is informed by what they um you know their preferences and, and their sensitivity to things so i have a partner who wax plays like a big that's a big punishment like she's really sensitive to that whereas usually that's a very i find a kind of low level play like very sensation play very commonly fun and and not really punishment driven but it is for her so things can be very different person to person but um for me it's just a classic like just the over the knee um kind of um spanking is the is the number one kind of go-to um but um kind of like specific sensation plays fun if you're like tied down or restrained and just yeah having like a pinwheel um or you know ice cube and just going over feet to kind of you know feet to um to lips is always um kind of good if you just kind of being up be patient enough with it so that it really does take up a torturous amount of time. Um, I find things like that are good. And you have to be really creative. I think um, if you're going to be a good dom, you have to be a pretty creative person. Oh yeah. The, the, the sadistic and the imagination have to like, right. <laughs> I, I've done some, some setups and then like afterwards, even occasionally it'll pop up in my head and go, Oh, that was, that was really You're like, good. God damn, that was good. <laughs> I did a good job on that one. <laughs> yeah, that was really evil. Or like the times I've been called mean, just, uh, you know, and it just makes you happy. Oh, yeah. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> you've done a good job. You know, you thought of something really good. Um, 
yeah, I remember designing a table once, uh, which I actually like did a little sketch of and everything, which was a table. I moved outside into like a courtyard area and I had a um, LED like color um, lighting strip um, kind of stuck around the outside of it with that had kind of like three colors, like, you know, blue, green, red, and had a little remote control for the colors. And I had the submissive like restrained bent over that table um and told them that each color meant a different form of play and that um you know green would meant that she was allowed to come if she could while it was green but red meant punishment and blue just meant i think teasing or edging and so just switching between the colors over the course of you know 45 minutes was such fun and getting <laughs> something and then just the color change right at the perfect moment and just be like oh like an adult video game there that's like the best video game ever like with your little remote control and shit <laughs> truly yeah. truly evil and I, I i i wish we had another hour to just have you describe some of these um amazingly beautiful scenarios you can create but then yep. our people would have no reason to go visit your instagram patreon etc <laughs> right yeah so we'll have you linked up on the um on the show links part of the website and but tell our audience where they should go find you um yeah, you can find me just at the funny dom returns on instagram and and on Patreon, it's just the whatever the Patreon address is slash the Funny Dom. Um, and yeah, if you guys check those links wherever uh, for people, um, I'm terrible with addresses when people just tell me. <laughs> I, know I always need a link. Um, yeah, yeah, that's my, we'll have yeah. them linked. We'll have them linked. <clears throat> Wait, we before we go, can we just take a minute, uh, top? We're gonna take a minute because <laughs> although this is gonna this might take more than a minute, but. We do have a question that we ask all of our guests, which is normally like, what's in your kink bag? Well, we and know I'm kink afraid... bag is confiscated at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid that for you, I might have to say like, what's in your kink room? I mean... <laughs> it's, a, it's a chest, actually. Um, it's like a toy chest. Um, right. But it is very full <laughs> right now. <laughs> well, can, like, name your top favorites, I guess, because we probably... Oh, wow. Um, well, I've got my, it's, I've got, um, uh, like five hanks of rope, um, but I've hung that up now behind the bed. Um, so that kind of might not count. Um, my wand definitely, um, clamps, I've got about four sets of clamps, but the clover clamps I've got that have the third clamp so that you can do nipples and like, um, lips or, or clip is, I like that one because it's evil. Um, and <laughs> I just not too long ago got a um, like an anal hook, uh, which I like, and it's really heavy. And let's see. What is an anal hook? Oh, so it's like a it's like a plug um, that then has kind of like a steel, um, like kind a of handle. Like a handle that kind of curves and goes kind of up towards your back, and then usually has a um, like a tie point, a kind of hook or a circle tie point, so you could tie 
uh, rope to it or or you could attach a kind of lead that scribbling that you hear in the background that's me writing that down so i can go get that later <laughs> <laughs> they're very good for um like for crawling like having one in and then having one attached is um is good for like yeah having someone kind of crawl attached to that is is got its whole thing um and good for just rope as well like i did use that on a partner and have that in and have her hair tied into rope and then tied to the hook so that it pushed her back you know into like the curve so her, yeah. her she was pulling her head back in order to like have enough slack to hold the hook you've got and, so she gets she can kind of pull back and forth a little bit either she wants a harder yeah. hair pulling or more yeah, so I, would grab, I could grab her head and move that just an inch or two back and just kind of like make her kind of fuck herself a little bit with the hook right wow mm. so much fun yeah that kind of like predicament stuff is i think my favorite um, you can kind of set a position or a, or a situation and if you just do like a little bit of movement or, you know, that, then you have some kind of contact. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you waking up early. I don't know what time you normally wake up, but I know it's you know <laughs> earlier over there. And so we appreciate you starting your morning with us. Um, it's been great it's been great being here thanks so much for having me yeah i i yeah we could we really could spend a whole nother hour or two chatting with you but we'll let our people go find you on patreon for that thank so, you so much um um top you got anything else just uh to reiterate thank you so much for being here with us as always thank you to our listeners and subscribers and viewers and for those of you masturbating to our voices this whole time or You're, the welcome. Or the <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You're <laughs> welcome.